glad you're here tonight. And now we go into our Bible study. If you turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4, let's look at verse 8. We're going to look at a very popular passage of Scripture. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. And uh, by the way, it's in the Old Testament, right after 1 Kings. <laughs> and before what? <laughs> What's before that? First Chronicles? Okay. <laughs> Just in case if you don't know, is is right after First Kings. <laughs> Brother Tom. <laughs> There's no such thing as Third Kings, okay? <laughs> okay. Let's look at verse 4, or verse 8, I'm sorry. And I look what it said, what the Bible says there. And it fell on that on a, a day that Elijah passed to Shunan, uh, where there was a great, a great woman, I'm sorry, and she constrained him to eat bread. And, and, uh, and so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned and did uh, to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn and did it. And it fell on that day, verse 11, that he came, did it, and he turned unto the chamber and lay there. And he, and he said to Gehazi, a servant, called a Shumanite, uh, this Shumanite, and when she had called her, she stood before him. And she said unto him, I mean, he said unto him, I'm sorry, say it now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Willest thou be spoken for, uh, for to be the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. Verse 14, And she said, What then it to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she had no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood at in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the, to the, to the time of life, thou shalt embrace the son. And she said, keep those words, okay? Nay, my Lord, thou a man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And she and the woman conceived and bare a son. And that season that Elijah had said, on that season, I'm sorry, Elijah had said unto her, according to the time of life. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Lord, it's a very popular passage. You heard many messages on this passage. But Lord, you give me this message tonight and just help me to deliver this message to this dear people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I was going to say you may be seated, but not to, this is not Sunday morning. Is it? All right, so for the sake of introduction, and this is a story of faith, and that's what I put there tonight, the story of faith. And you look at my outline, I put a lot of little, little things dancing around there. You notice my little thing? There they go. <laughs> There's introduction. I'm, I'm having fun learning this stuff. You know, I'm beginning to do the outlines, and I'm, I'm actually having fun. Seems like every, every time I do one, I get stuck somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, so I believe that all of us here tonight have been in some situations or place on which our faith was the only thing that sustained us and the only thing that got us through. Been there? I believe I've been there. I mean, I was thinking about this. I said, I believe, I think, you online, you here. I think it's been situations in our life. I mean, talking about from the moment we live until now, or the moment you receive Jesus as your personal Savior, on which we, the only thing that sustained us, it was our faith. Our faith sustained us because we, we just were hopeless. And we loved the Lord. We, we looked at Him and said, Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to believe you and get me through this. I mean, I mean, faith in the Lord is something that we put to practice every day as Christians. Isn't that true? Faith in the Lord is what we do every day. How we live for the Lord? By faith. That's how we do it. That's practical Christianity. We have to live by faith. So every day, small faith, weak faith, strong faith, however that is, we step out by faith and we go serve the Lord. You know, someday, sometimes we fail, we get up again, ask forgiveness, we go on, but it's a life of faith. So a, life, a Christian life is a life of faith. 
Okay? So every day, all of us, we Christians, we live by faith. We practice our faith. Because faith is one of the greatest ingredients, like I said, of the Christian life. We all know that without faith, what? It's impossible to what? Please the Lord. It's impossible to please God. Go right out of the book of Hebrews. So without faith, we miss on God's blessings. Keep that in mind. Without faith in Him, we will miss a lot of blessings from Him. Let me put it this way. If you read your Bible, and I believe all of you read your Bible. I hope you read your Bible. Okay? I'm a little behind on my Bible reading this year, but I, I'll make it up. Okay? But let me put it this way. I, I believe that when you read your Bible, you hear the, you read the, the promises and the blessings of God. They're right in the Bible. And you might, you might go say, why could I don't read these blessings? Well, that's a good question we need to ask ourselves. You know, because now you have your individual devotional reading Bible time. And you say, Lord, why don't I have this blessing? Why don't I have this blessing? Well, that's a good time for you to talk with him. Because he's not about anybody else. It's about us. Because I have asked that question. Lord, uh, I'm missing that. But I never had that blessing. They ask the Lord, Lord, why? You see, you know, there's many blessings in the Bible. And you know what? God wants to give it to us. God wants, listen, we have a wonderful God, a wonderful Heavenly Father. What He wants to do is to bless us continually. Not like, oh, remember the blessing I gave you 20 years ago? No, He wants to bless us continually. But it requires faith and what? Obedience. Okay, so, without faith, we will never grow in our Christian life. Actually, without faith, no, uh, none unsaved person will ever get to heaven. You know, it takes faith to get saved, right? For a person to receive Jesus as Savior, that person needs to put his total faith on what? On Jesus Christ and what he had done. Otherwise, there's no salvation. So, the life of a Christian is a life of faith in the Lord and everything that we do. We walk by faith. We stand by faith. We live by faith. We trust in the, the Word of God by faith. We worship and serve the Lord because of our faith in Him. So faith is the greatest ingredient of the Christian life, or every single Christian. The Bible even says that without faith, like I said, it's impossible to please the Lord. So without faith, us, our own personal faith, we cannot please the Lord. So tonight we're going to look at, to look at faith, the subject of faith. So actually tonight we're going to see faith in action. All right, you know what, I think, I think every, day, every day we see faith in action. We can see in the life of other people, because in our own lives. You know, because, you know, our faith is put into practice every day. The time you get up to the time you go to bed, we put our faith to practice. You know, you read your Bible, that's by faith. Because <laughs> you, 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 your mind might say, oh, not today. I'm a little too tired. I cannot even understand the words. In season, out of season, we keep on doing it, right? That's what we do. So, let me put it this way. If you get up in the morning tomorrow, tomorrow morning, if it's raining, you're going to say, I'm not going to work. You're going to work. Why? Because you've got to be there. Well, I say, well, it's raining outside today. I ain't going to read my Bible today. No, you're going to read your Bible. You follow that? Oh, I'll go, oh it's snowing. I ain't going to work today. Some people stay home because it's snowing. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying is, you know what? That's the life of the believer. By faith, we step out. By faith, we read our Bible. By faith, we live for the Lord. And you know what we do? We read blessings. Okay, so. So tonight we're going to look at faith in action. And with all the events and miracles in the life of ministry of Elijah, 2 Kings 4, 8, 37, illustrate and teaches a number of very practical truths. And we go, we're going to go through that. So the first truth is that that is strongly illustrated the, uh, the loving and providential care of God for all of his saints, young and old, rich and poor, weak or powerful. The second truth we're going to look at this is it demonstrates God's involvement in the lives of man in all walks of life if they will put respond to his loving care. The third one is truth is, is uh, the third truth is about demonstrating the necessity of faith for everyone, regardless of their social standing or financial position in life. It illustrates the just shall live by faith, and that without faith is impossible to please God, and that which is not of faith it is sin. There's all verses right here, Romans 1.17, Habakkuk 2.4, Hebrews 11.6, Romans 14.23. So the fourth truth is that this passage demonstrates about faith, is that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, is it important that we listen to the Word of God? 
Yes. Hey, I did this. That's why I give you a printout so what, with outlines because that's what I used to do. I wanted to soak in the Word of God when the preacher was preaching that. I was taking my own notes. You know, I wanted to do it. That was me. So I, like, when I became a pastor, I said the best thing to do is just do an outline. I understand not everybody uses, but it's there if you want to use it. Anyway, so the fourth truth is this. Is that uh, without faith, uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the faith of this woman right here in this passage and of that of her husband was developed because they had not neglect gathering together at the proper times for fellowship with believers and for instruction in the scriptures. Actually, look at verse 22 and verse 23 of our text. The, uh, 1 Kings chapter 4. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the men of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, I shall be well. See, the husband specifies the days we meet is those days. He said, It doesn't matter. I want to meet today. And true, there she goes. So, these verses suggest that they gathered together with others to hear the prophets of certain holy days to get biblical teachings. Now, let me put it this way. Okay, here in our church, we meet together on Wednesday, Saturday, food pantry, have ministries, right? And Sunday, right? All day Sunday. All right. So, it's against the rules. You cannot meet with any other believer the rest of the week. Period. That's it. Is that true? I saw you Sunday, forget it. I saw you Saturday, I'll see you tomorrow. No, I, I saw you Wednesday, Thursday, off the limits. That's not the, that's not the way the Christian, that's what she's saying right here. Her husband said, not this day and this day. And she said, forget it, I'm going. You see what I'm saying? They're like, listen, every day is a good day to meet with the believer. You follow that? Every day is a good day. So, you know, you, know, you see, <laughs> you see, you see, let's say, you, you, you get out of your car in a parking lot and you go into the store and uh, another fellow believer that goes to church with you walks out and you go, I don't know you. I don't know you. What do you do? You greet each other, right? You smile. Ah, how are you? That's part of our fellowship together. You know, you know, that's what she's doing here. She said, oh, you know, I'm going. And the husband asked the question. Anyway, so let's look at this passage from, I'll go back a little bit. So, um, so, this is why this woman's husband was surprised when she wanted to go to the prophet. And other than one of these special days, their normal routine, routine was to get it together with others for, of the purpose, uh, uh, for that purpose on those special days. This was the key to this lady's faith in these terrible days of apostasy in, there in Israel. So the passage breaks down or centers around two key events right here. The number one, I don't know if you have this on your, on your outline. A Shumanite woman receives a son, chapter 4, verse 18 to 17. And in number two, she receives her son back from, from that, chapter, uh, verse 18 to verse 37. So let's look at this passage from several points tonight, okay? The new outline. Number one, we see her ministry. The woman exactly identifies unknown, although there are a couple of theories about her, who she is. But she is most likely called a Shumanite because she came from an identified place called Shulan. So many scholars consider a Shumanite or Shulamite to be the synonymous with a Shumanite. So many, that's what they say, who knows. So <laughs> Shunan was a village in the territory of Azakar, north of, of Jezreel, in south of Mount Gilboa. So other scholars link Shulam to, with Salem, believing that Solomon's bride was from Jerusalem. So this is just theories, you know, we don't know. So still other believers, uh, uh, I believe that the tile Shumanite, uh, means peaceful, is simply the bride's na uh, married name being the feminine form of, of Solomon or peaceful and only used after her marriage to the king. So I don't know. This is what I took out, and I just look what the Bible says. She's a Shumanite woman. So there we go. <laughs> I'm not going to keep dwelling on that. But anyway, what we see here, regardless of her name, uh, there's some qualities about this woman that I want to share with you tonight. It's right here in the scripture, okay? There's some qualities about this woman. Letter A, her hospitality. She is a very hospitable woman. Look what it says in verse 8. And it fell on that day that Elijah passed in Shunan, where, where was a great woman, and she says, look what it says, a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread, hospitality, and, it's, and it's, so it was, 
that as oft as she he passed by, he turned and hit, and hit her and eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make, look what it says, a little chamber. You know, let's, make an, let's put an addition on the house, so to speak, today. Now look what it says. Let's put a little addition on the house. And look what it says. And let's send him the, a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick. Let's put a TV in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a computer there. Let's put all that stuff. I'm just kidding. But anyway, you, see, you follow what I'm saying? She's so hospitable. This man keeps passing by. She invites him to come eat with them. And she felt so compassionate about it. So I said, husband, yeah, let's put an addition on the house right here. Let's add something here so he can come, he can relax, he can, he can study, he can drink, uh, sleep, stay over, whatever he wants to do. And the husband goes with it. You see hospitality? I hope Christians will be this hospital. <laughs> I, uh, I, I love it. I'm not saying, listen, don't misunderstand me here, okay? But I, 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 many, ho- many homes, you knock on the door and they, they don't even answer, open the door, or they open it just like, yeah, they crack the door about this much. And they say, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, believe me, there's a lot of hospitable Christians. I know many of them, and it's a blessing to see. Okay? So one of the great qualities of this woman was her heart for hospitality. She was a very hospitable person. Look at what she does here. She offers a meal to Elijah, and, and he passes by the, the, her neighborhood. Actually, she feeds him every time he passes by the neighborhood. Now look at her heart. She goes and talks to her husband to make a place for Elijah could stay, a place to sleep. Talking about hospitality here. Can you imagine you go make, put an addition in your house or add something in your house just for a total stranger that comes by because you know that's a man of God? Obviously, she's a believer here. And but her heart is melting over this man. He say, you know what? We need to get something here nice for him. Talking about hospitality. So the Shumanite woman... This humanite woman was a, as a heartfelt hospitality to Elijah and simple, sincere faith led to an amazing series of events here. Elijah was certainly blessed and God abundantly, abundantly blessed the woman, the woman, the woman's life during a difficult period in Israel here. Still today, God often uses his people, humble, his people's humble acts of service to bless both the giver and the receiver. Do you know, folks, there are many people who are just takers, not givers. And our world is full of takers. Our world is full of people that just give me, give me, give me. But you know what? I think the Lord blesses, I mean, actually, the Lord blesses more the giver than the receiver, right? Because I tell you what, what a blessing right here. She gives out out of her heart and gets a great blessing back. She gets a child out of this, which she's not even counting on. She's doing out of her heart, not thinking about getting anything back. And I think with this, that's where hospitality goes. I do it for you regardless. I'm not thinking about what you're going to give back to me. I just want to do it for you. You know, that's hospitality. See, when, if we practice hospitality like this, mm, mm, that's not hospitality. That's like I give it to you and I'm taking it from you. Hospitality is less, here it is, you can have it. Here it is. You can have it. You want to lay in my... I, I find a place. In, you want to sleep on the couch? I have an extra room. You know, think, that's hospitality. You don't, you don't think about nothing back. You don't go like, oh, okay, you had breakfast in my house, lunch, supper. That's, that's $100. That's not hospitality. You follow what I'm saying here? I'm going to be exaggerating a little bit. I'm trying to get you to understand. Hospitality is an act of the heart. You do it regardless if somebody even acknowledges you. You just want to do it. And it blesses you. And God blesses you for that. You know, because I mean to see the smile on people's face when you give something. So, uh, where was I? <laughs> uh, let it be. We see her wealth. Look at verse 8. And it fell on that day that Elijah passed through Shunan, where it was a great woman. Don't miss that word there. It was a great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. So, this verse records the account of Elijah and the Shumanite woman. The woman is described as a wealthy married woman in the village of Shunan. She had no children. So this woman got permission from her husband to set up a guest room for Elijah, acknowledging Elijah as a true prophet of, of God. So Elijah passed through here, and we see that, uh, uh, that he, 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 she find accommodations for him. Let me put it this way. Think about a great woman. In those days, there was a lot of poverty in those days. 
There was a, a time of apostasy in the, in the nation. But this woman, obviously you can see the wealth here. She goes and, and they, they prepare a place for him to stay. They decorate the place. They put it together for him. Obviously, there was a, a, a lot of wealth here. And the Bible describes it as a, as a, a great woman of wealth. So, uh, so this story primarily centers around this great woman of faith right here. There are four other actors in this drama. Uh, is Elijah, the servant Gerizai, and the woman's husband right here, and of course her son. Uh, but the central figure of this passage right here is the, her ministry of faith by which she showed hospitality to Elijah as a man of God. So we're there. Uh, this woman literally is a great woman of faith right here. The word great is something used of wealth, influence, of, or character. So we see this in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 2, 2 Samuel 19, 32. It was, it was a mean of a great and important influence and character. So for, from our passage, it is easy to see that she was a permanent lady in the community uh, uh, and somehow wealthy and um, undoubtedly exercised considerable influence by her spiritual perception of a godly character right here. So she was a great lady for a number of reasons. She was full of faith and good works and undoubtedly had a great deal of love and respect for the teaching of the Word of God. Another thing we can see about this woman here is her discernment. Look at verse 9. And she said unto her husband, Behold, I perceive, is a good word right there, that this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. So this lady was also great uh, because she, she was interested and, and wanted to promote the work of God, especially the preaching of the word. So by, and by her concern, by her actions toward Elijah, she was uh, prom, uh, uh, promoting the preaching of the, of the word of God. But let me tell you something right here. She saw it. She had the, enough discernment to see that Elijah was not a, just a regular guy that passed by. He was a godly man. A man of God. So she, and if she said, I perceive that this man is a man of God. She thought about it. She studied. She looked at it. She said, this is a man of God. We need to do something for him. So she had enough discernment. You know what? This one thing that we need today is discernment. Don't we? Oh, listen. Okay. So you open your computer. Go to YouTube. Have enough discernment there, folks. Believe me, because a lot of garbage in there. There's a lot of good things. A lot of bad things. I mean, you go to a social state, a social media stuff, have enough discernment. We have to. You know, even talking with people, you need to have enough discernment these days. The way people are and the way they live their lives and what we need to do. So this woman discovered enough discernment that we have to do the same thing too. This godly lady uh, took God seriously and got involved in God's work according to her abilities and the opportunities that God gave her. Actually, 1 Peter 4.10 says, And every man that receiveth the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And verse 11 says, If any man speak, let him speak of the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So she made no excuses, no sort any excuses. She went, invited this man in, made, they fixed a place for him, but she had enough discernment to understand this was a man of God. So she was available. As a result, she became a vibrant testimony for the Lord and a source of comfort and encouragement to Elijah, who for the most part was ministering in a hostile and idolatrous environment right here. So this woman found a place or prepared place of comfort for a man of God. Why is this? Because she perceived that he was a godly man. She perceived, she knew, she looked at this guy and said that to her husband, this is a godly man, we're going to do something for him. You know why? Elijah comes by, there's a place to rest, there's a place to put the ideas together, to sleep, and all that. And of course, he was blessed by that. Wouldn't you be? <laughs> Wouldn't you be blessed by that? Let it be, let it be, we see her concern. Look at verse 10. That's the quality we see about her. And let us make a little chamber. See, she's concerned about it. And I pray thee, on the wall, she, exp ex she expresses a concern and she explains what she wants to do. You know what? Uh, there's one thing about worry that leads to nothing. And it's concern that causes us to do something. Worry is like this. Mm, 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 mm. I mean, uh, 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 what do you call that? Um, 
I forgot the word. <laughs> I mean, worry or concern. I'm sorry. There you go. And concern is, okay, I'm going to do something about it. So right here in this verse, look at it. Let us make a little chamber. She's not worried. She expressed a concern to her husband, and she explains what, exactly what she wants to do. And, of course, he goes along with it, and they do it. So we see the concern. As a discerning believer, she demonstrated her concern for God's work. But note, she did this with respect for her husband's authority and leadership. So she, she politely involved him here in this matter and appears to, let, to, to have let, uh, left the final decision up to him. Listen, ladies, guys, if you're married here, let me put it this way. Marriage is not 50 feet, but 100, 100. We have to listen to our spouse talking. When they talk, we got to listen. You know, and look what she said. She expressed a concern, and she slowly puts what she wants to do. Communication is very important, no matter what relationship you have. Friendships, just go work with them. Listen, if you don't have a, a good relationship in your job, you're going to have a hard time with people. Right? Is that correct? You don't know what they're talking about, what they're thinking about. You have to talk to them. You don't talk to you. You never know what they're thinking. Same thing with anything. Communication is a good thing. She, she expressed a concern here, and she communicates her concern. Why? So we can do something about it. And they do. So this is, uh, this is beautifully illustrates the influence, aid, and support of, of this woman towards, towards the family. So I can't begin to remember how many times uh, 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 I have people, I mean, in the, in the, in the church, my job place, friends, family, which they come and express a concern. And what do you do? got to take it account. you got to say, okay, communicate back and forth so we can do something about it. So, letter E is another quality we see of her is her awareness. Verse 10, she's aware of what's going on right here. She also discerns the, the degree of Elijah's need and their responsibility to the prophet because of, of the ability God given them. She was not simply satisfied with, the, with a place for Elijah to turn in. She knew he needed a private place, a place of pray, meditate, uh, meditation, and study, relax, uh, and, de- and be alone with the Lord. This woman knew that they had the capacity to do this. What a thoughtful and caring lady. I'll tell you what. We went to, was it last year or this year? We went to Pennsylvania. Was it last year? This year. Went, was it, yeah, really this year. We went to Pennsylvania. And when we got there, you know, and this dear family, I mean, we, we drove to a farm, and we get out there in this farm, and we, my wife didn't want to get out of the car, but was it, those dogs are barking at us, and it was so dark, it was, <laughs> and we, in the wrong, we were in the wrong house, you know. But there's this big, huge farmhouse, and before you know them, we see this man comes out, you're in the right house, you're the Barbosa. Like, yeah, we are, you're in the right house. So we went, uh, they guide us to the back of the house, you know what, we could see the joy and the gratitude and the hospitality of him and his wife, as they, 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 they were for a month or two weeks, whatever they were, they, they prepared a, a, all, a, the, the back of the house, which is just an old part of the house that nobody lived there. It's a huge house. Just for the sake of, of being hospitable to any man of God that come, any, any speaker, any missionary. And in the end, they said, do you guys like it? Is there anything you want us to change? I said, it looks good to me. You know, it looks perfect. It looks brand new, fresh. But you can see the, the, the zeal, the want, the, the care that they have. Same thing with this woman here. Elijah comes about, let's give him a place. Let's prepare a place for him. You say, Pastor, I don't have a place like that. No, you don't. But hospitality comes in many different ways. Don't start thinking, well, I have to do this. I have to maybe, you know. Do. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is hospitality comes in many different ways. Many different things the way hospitality comes about. Let me put it this way. All right. Let's put, let's put it this way. Very practical. I need a car for tomorrow. I don't have a car. My car broke down. And you come to me and say, you can use my car tomorrow. Would you do that? And you say, what about you? Oh, don't worry about me. I want you to have the car tomorrow. Is that hospitality? Yeah. You see, is the kindness of our heart that is like, hey, I feel for you. I want you to have this. Some people do the, you know, practical things like that. We see her awareness right here. She's aware of what can, what the things that he can do for this man. So in general, uh, uh, 
women tend to, to generally be more detail-oriented areas. Men tend to think in more in a, a general terms. It, it reminds me of a man who wants to surprise his wife with two-week Caribbean cruise. So he plans the date, uh, the date buys the tickets and plans how uh, he will surprise her, thinking he's taking care of everything. He takes his wife out for a special dinner and presents her with the tickets. <laughs> you got that? Immediately, she, her mind goes into gear. Who will keep the kids? What, the, what about the dogs? You see how detailed a woman can be? A man goes, I got the tickets. We're going on a cruise. Let's go. And she goes, all right. He's going to take care of the house. He's going to take care of the kids. He's going to take care of the dogs. He's going to take care of this. And the guy goes, I'm not thinking about that. See, women are more detailed in general, generally speaking, than the men. Men are just, let's do it. <laughs> you know, so... Amazing me, sometimes people say something, like, oh, I don't even think of that. So anyway, let's see another, another feature about her that we see in these verses is her contentment. We see this from verse 11 to verse uh, 13. And you see, and it fell, verse 11 says, and it fell on that day that he came, did it, and turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said unto Gehazi, a servant, called a Shemanite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto, uh, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, I has been careful for us with all this care, what is to be done for thee. Willest thou be, be spoken for to be, to be the king or the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. Look at what she said. I'm content. I don't need anything. Isn't that great? Isn't that great when I'm content? Don't matter, you know. I could have more, I could have less, but I'm content where I am. She was a great lady because of her contentment. When Elijah, being appreciative of her warm hospitality, wishes to reward her by offering to use his influence with the king or his military commanders, she politely refused. She had no desire for worldly advancements. She was not wanting to climb the social ladder of success. She was content with what God has provided her and with her place of service and ministry in the community. She was content with her home, her position, her friends, her ministry. And, and, and let me tell you this, she it was a content person. I tell you what, I think we Christians, we, we, we enjoy life when we learn to be content right where we are. Right there. I mean, it could have been better. It could have been worse. You know, it could have been a lot worse, but it could have been much better. But Lord, I'm content right here. I mean, believe me, if you ask me, oh, Pastor, if God give you more, would you take it? Yeah, of course I would. You know, Lord, yes. But, you know, it could have been worse, but are you content? Yeah, I'm content. I'm content. Look what it says on 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. You might want to take this verse down. But godliness with contentment is great gain. That's for the first point. First, no, point number two, her reward. From verse 14 to verse 17, we see her reward. In letter A, we see the prophet's appreciation. Note that Elijah was very appreci appreciative and thankful for what this woman had done for him and his servant. Let me put it this way. It is good to receive hospitality. But it is good to appreciate and say to people, thank you. You know... I, I, these days, believe me, I, I, I'm out there and I say, a lot of people forgot the word thank you. You, you got that? There's a lot of people out there, they don't know how to say thank you. Listen, I mean, any little thing we can say, thank you. I think it's a word we Christians should use very promptly. You know, somebody that sings, thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, I use those words all the time. In a workplace, I say that all the time. Thank you. But some people don't see it that way. No thank yous come out of their lips, you know, but uh, appreciation comes with a big thank you. Now, like, you know, people did for us. What about thank you back? I appreciate what you do. You know, sometimes you can't lift somebody's spirit by just saying that. You know, somebody, let's say, bought you a coffee. Somebody bought you an ice cream. You know, somebody, you know, Bought you, I don't know, a, a box of donuts. All right, I want Hey, thank you. You know, I, it's lifting. 
It, it lifts people's hearts up. So, we see the prophet appreciate Elijah saw it, and Elijah appreciated what she was doing. So, one of the products of a spirit control, where a word-filled life is a thankfulness, not only to God, but to others, for what they mean to us, to our ministry, and to, and to what they do to us. Look what it says in Colossians 1.9. 1, 9. For this cause we also, we also, since the day we heard, heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will and with all wisdom and, and spiritual understanding, that ye may walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing, being, being, uh, being firstful, uh, fruitful I'm sorry, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You see these verses right here, Paul's expressing his thankfulness for the way the church of Colossians is taking care of them. So, secondly, Elijah was not just thankful. He wanted to express his, thank, his thanks in, in concrete terms. So, he sought something he could do for her to show his appreciation. People cannot read. Listen, folks. People cannot read our minds. We need to say and do things to express our appreciation. That is encouraging to, uh, to them and honors the Lord. All, uh, we all need to do this Do this from time to time. You know, people are hospitable, uh, hospitable to us. People do things for us. But from time to time, just do something. And you say what? Do something and say, I am grateful for what you have done. I just want to express my gratitude to you. Because you know what? Words are good. Right? Words are good. What about actions? It goes along too. You know, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What about thank you with something else? So like I said, people cannot read our minds. We, have you ever demonstrated to God and to others how thankful you are? How much, how much and in what ways can you express your appreciation for your, your parents, your friends, your, your church family and others you have ministered to your life? Let's not just take people for granted. They are really gifts from God to us. I tell you what, every person in the church here, we are a church family, every person is a gift from God to us. You say, why that? Because God put you here. God could have put you somewhere else. So it's a gift to us. And the only reason we know each other here is because of Jesus. Otherwise, we probably never met each other. It's the only reason we know each other is because of Jesus. So, People are gifts to us. And we have to express thankfulness towards that. Well, look what it says here. So in verse 14, Elijah, Elijah turns to her servant and said, look what it says, what then is to be done for her? Is a question mark there. First, this illustrates a bit of on-the-job training right here. He was involving his servant in his ministry and at the same time even seeking his help. This is bound to have been encouraging Gehazi right here. Gehazi had noticed that she was without a child, which for, for Jews was a great burden. So he called this to Elijah's attention. You know, in those days, every Jewish woman wanted a child, wanted to be a mother. And if it's not, it was a big burden on them. You see, uh, what's her name? Uh, Hannah was go to the temple praying and praying that the Lord would give her a child. You see, not a B, you see the prophet prophecy. Verse 16, and he said about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son, and, and he shall, he, I mean, I'm sorry, and she said, nay, my Lord, thou art a man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. You see, this woman got so tired. You see, he touched a very sensitive issue in her life. She had no children. And when he said, you're going to have a child, he said, oh, don't go there. Because it's a very sensitive spot. Don't lie to me. Probably I've, I've tried through the years to get a child, and I couldn't do, have a child here. And he, she is very, it's a very touchy spot right here. So, may I say this? Elijah was touching a very sore subject in the life of this woman. He touched her very, emotion, her very emotions and desires because she always wanted a child. You see, Elijah was not just making herself feel good. That was a message from God that he delivered to her. And we know that in the next verse that what he, he said becomes reality. 
Listen, Elijah didn't have special powers. He was a man just like me and you. And the Lord used him to say, at this time you're going to have a child. And he goes, don't lie to me. Folks, let me put it this way. God was going to reward this woman for her faithfulness. I'll tell you what, folks, we have a God that is good all the time. And all the time, we have a God that is absolutely good. So we see her ministry, number two, her reward. And our last point, number three, we see her faith. So this woman is a woman of faith. We can tell by the passage that this woman loved the Lord, feared the Lord, and helped those who served the Lord. Now, some of us have little faith, and some of us have solid rock faith. Well, this woman had faith too. But in this passage, we see the quality or quantity of her, of her faith. Letter A, we see the incident. The incident. Look what it says in verse 18 to verse 20. And when the child, she had a child, as promised, and when the child grew, it fell on a day that he went out of his father to, to the reapers, and he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to the lad, Carry him uh, to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on his knees till noon and then died. What happened to this woman? She had a child, as promised. This child dies. Well, let's see her faith. Can you imagine the joy and happiness that came into this house when this child was born? Can you imagine? I believe this mom and dad were very happy people. Now, like all of us, we live in a falling world, and bad things happen to good people. Get this? Bad things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people. And right here we see a scenario that you and I don't want to happen. You know, this week we thought we were going to lose my son. Almost happened. He left the house, and about 15 minutes later, he almost got in a massive car accident on 95. He spent around several times, and it's by the grace of God that nothing happened to him. You see, and I told my son, I said, we well, need to learn how to give hugs before you get out of the house because it might be the last hug we give. It was very, very emotional. He was crying. It was broken. It really touched him. Because I don't know, I was not there to see it, but it happens. You know, bad things happen to good people too. So we see right here, these people, she's happy she has a child, and guess what happened? It's an accident that happens here in the farm. The child dies. Let it be. We see her faith in the Lord. Look what it says in verse 22. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, on the, on the young man and one of the asses, that I may run to the men of God and come again. And he said, Where, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It's neither noon nor Sabbath. And she said, I shall be well. And then she sat on her ass and said unto her husband, Drive, go forward and, and, and slack not thy riding for me, except I bide thee. And I bid thee, I'm sorry. And she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass that when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shumanite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, It is well with thee, it is well with thy husband, it is well with, with the child. And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, look what it says, she called him by the... Him by the feet, with Gehazi came near to trust her way, and the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within, and the Lord had hid it from me and had not told me. You see, she went right to the man of God. What happened here, folks? Her child died. She didn't blame God. She didn't blame the man of, the, the man of God. You know what? Her faith caused her to run to the man of God. If somebody could do something, it was Elijah. Well, Elijah could do it through God, not through himself, because he had no power, powers to do so. You know, let me put it this way. A lot of times, and this happened to Christians all the time, all right, there's a problem. You know the first thing they do? They run away from church. They run away from God. They put their Bible in the, in, in, in the drawer somewhere. I'm done with God. I do this, do this, do this, and look what happens to me. You know where we need to run? To God. That should be our first thing. Lord, I'm in trouble. Lord, help me. Listen, folks, we all get this some, one time or another. 
We will get there one time or another. Some in a, in a harder way, some in a lesser way. But it happens to all of us. Listen, we live in a falling world. We do. And bad things happen to good people and bad people as well. You see, we're here by the grace of God, but we, in this world that we live, bad things happen. So when they, they happen, what do you do? You get angry, you curse, you run, you, you, you put a fist at God, or you run to God and say, Lord, I need you. That's what she does here. Her faith causes her to run to God. See, this is what we call faith in motion. This is what we call solid rock faith. This is a woman of faith who, when things got hard and impossible in her life, put her faith into practice. She went to the one who prophesied that she would have a child, and there wasn't any, if there was any hope in her heart, she needed to go back to him. So don't misunderstand me here, because Elijah had no, Elijah had no powers over resurrecting anybody. If, something, if something's going to happen, God was going to do it. So this woman put, put, the, put her faith in practice in this way. She stood up by faith. She walked by faith. She spoke by faith. Let her be we see the, her courage to speak. Verse 28, and she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Is the question. Did I ask you for a child? Did I say, do not, did, did, I'm sorry, did I not say, do not deceive me? You know, she, she, in her emotions, in her, her despair, she goes to the man of God and said to Elijah, said, do I ask you for a child? Did I? Did I told you not to lie to me or deceive me? Ooh, she did. Because you know what? When he said he was gonna, she was going to have a child, she, he was touching a very sensitive, sore spot in her heart. You see, did I desire this a son of my Lord that I say, do, do not, then I, I say to you, do, don't deceive me. So folks, I don't believe that this woman was being mean or unkind to Elijah here. I don't believe this woman was angry at him. This woman was hurting. Emotionally, this woman's emotions were very high. She never had a child. She was promised a child. She births a child. Then a child was gone. She was hurting. Folks, emotional pain can be devastating for many people. This hurting woman was just expressed her feelings towards Elijah. Look at the way Elijah describes her. Look at verse 27. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is wax within her. Let us see. We see the, her miracle child. And look what it says in verse 32. And Elijah came uh, into the house. Behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And when, uh, and when, and therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord and he went up and lay upon the child and put put his mouth upon this uh, and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands and he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm and and he returned and walked in the house to to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him and the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, and said, Call this Shumanite. And he called her. And when she has come unto him, he said, Take up thy son. And she went in and fell at his feet and bowed himself to the ground and took up her son and went out. What can we say here? This woman was a woman of solid rock faith. Her faith was the cause for the Lord to move on her behalf. Imagine this. Her child was alive. What was impossible to her, it was possible with God. God can do, listen to me, God can do the impossible in our lives. He said, well, this doesn't happen. Never say that because we, we worship the same God, the same God that is right there. This is not just a story for the ages. This is a, we can learn from this thing. You know what? It don't matter what situation we are in. You know what? God is God. And by faith, God can help us as a help this woman. I conclude with this. In this story, we see a great lady, a lady of faith, a lady who appreciated the blessings of the Lord. And when the road got tough, you know what she did? She ran to God. She ran to God. So what then? May I make some suggestions here? When we are and appreciative of others. Some things just food for thought of others. We need to deal with it 
This means we may need to go to the person, whatever the person is, and tell them, I appreciate you. Number two, when others are unappreciative of us, we feel like nobody cares. And we are tempted to throw in the towel and go off and eat worms. May we remember this, the Lord cares. When you're discouraged and you think nobody cares about me, remember this, my Father cares about me. He loves me and He cares about me. He knows exactly where I am. Our service to Him never goes, goes unnoticed. Remember, ultimately, we serve the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our responsibility is to, to simply to our work unto the Lord and let the Lord take notice of what we do. I tell you what, in our Christian life, we ought to be doers. And the Bible even says, doers of the Word. We do it for the Lord with a joyful heart. And we do it by faith. See, this woman started with hospitality. And we see her qualities. She had great qualities of a believer. She got promised something. And it hit right in her spot. And that's something that was promised to her. It was taken away from her. You know where she ran? Back to God. She didn't say, oh, well. No, she ran back to God. The one who took the child away, give it back to her. Folks, let me put it this way. Everybody have situations here, including me. With God, everything is possible. It might not happen immediately, but we have to have enough faith to say, with my Heavenly Father, everything is possible. Everything. Even the impossible things that is in our mind, we say, it will never happen. With God, everything is possible. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Lord, we see solid rock faith in here, Lord. A woman that totally, totally trusts you and believes in you. Lord, may we be like that, Lord. We live in a falling world as much as her did. But Lord, we worship the same loving God. And I pray, Father, help us, even in the most critical moments of life, help us to trust you, Lord, to have faith in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right.